Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Good morning, church. So good to see you. We're continuing our series on stewardship. And there's definitely been a theme coming through this morning, through the worship and even through what Pastor Jason has already said. So I'm looking forward to bringing this word to you. I'm going to start with a question. And what is God asking you to steward? Because whether you realise it or not, we are all stewarding something and sometimes many things. But the question is, are we stewarding the right things in the right priority of order for the right season that we are currently in? You see, the grass can often look greener somewhere else and become a distraction to us if we don't know what we should be stewarding. See, one thing we can all steward, first of all, I'm going to begin with, is our thoughts. That's a great place to start. In 2005, a study was done by the National Science Foundation and it was a study of the human brain. Do you know that on average, we have 40,000 thoughts a day? Now, 80% of those thoughts are negative. That's quite astounding. This is, this is a rigid-ditch scientific study. And then 95% of the thoughts that we have are the same thoughts that we had yesterday. Think about that for a moment. 80% are negative and 95% are the same ones we had yesterday. This would point to the fact that humanity tends to be negative and is a broken record. You know, we can be so, I don't know about you, but I can be, so I'm gonna be honest. We can be so whiplashed by our thoughts, can't we? Tossed to and fro by out of control thoughts. And you know, we can't control all the thoughts that assail us at times. And remember church, we have an enemy who likes to sow thoughts as well. Sometimes we can think, where did that come from? Sometimes I know, it wasn't my thought, but it came from my enemy who wants me to be assailed with thoughts that don't serve me. But you know, we can control whether we choose to believe those thoughts or not, whether we choose to allow them to control us or to allow them to have power in our life. The Scripture tells us, do not be conformed to this world but or to the thinking of, this, of the pattern of this world. The Bible is absolutely chock full of stories and examples of stewardship. In 2 Timothy 1.6, I'm just going to read that from the screen. It says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Paul wrote this letter to Timothy from prison while he was awaiting his execution. So these were actually his final words. And these were the final words he chose to tell his son in the faith, Timothy. The Greek word uh, stir up, translated um, stir up, denotes the kindling of a fire. And anyone who's ever tended a campfire, personally, I, I'm hopeful said it, my brother's left me with uh, a, tin, a box of matches and some uh, newspaper one day and they came back and all the matches were gone and there was no fire. So I'm not good at it. But it does denote to the kindling of a fire. And 
Anyone who has ever tended a campfire does know that stirring up the glowing embers of a dying fire can cause those embers to flame up again and burn more brightly. The Holy Spirit has given each of us, church, no one is excluded, different spiritual gifts and natural gifts. And this stirring up the gift within us, Scripture, reminds us that the gift is already within you. The gift is already there. And is it now our responsibility to steward that gift or those gifts, plural, faithfully. The principle of sowing and reaping found in Galatians 6-7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. This scripture illustrates the need for us to faithfully sow from our resources, yes, and from generosity of heart and spirit through acts of service in order to flourish in life. And this scripture shows us, who I am becoming will determine what I do. The who, the goal, drives the do, what we do, the actions taken, the behaviour required. And when you know who you are in Christ and what He has called you to do, you will know what to do. You will know what to steward. This is called divine-led stewardship. Now, if we are unsure of anything, if we're unsure of what it is, Pray. In Matthew 7, 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. It will be given to you, it says. Not maybe, not sometimes, but it says it will be given. It says, Seek and you will find. It says, Knock and the door will be opened to you. You know, the only bad prayer is to not pray at all. There's no truth in thinking, I can't pray well. I don't know how to pray. Do you know there's no grading system in heaven? The angels aren't sitting up there on a panel with their scorecards giving you a a score saying, oh, Jesus, no, don't pass, don't answer that prayer, that sucked. They're not giving you a grade. There's no such thing as a grading system with your prayers. If you want to build your faith, remember what God has already done for you. As you pray, remember all the ways He has already shown up for you time and again, just at the right time. Isn't that true, Colin? I know you're a man who believes that. God always turns up just at the right time. So pray, I encourage you to pray confidently. In terms of stewardship, you know, the morning that faithful mother packed her young son, that lunch, of five loaves, five bread rolls, and two fish. It was fish and bread in those days, not fish and chips, obviously. But when she packed that lunch, out of um, the faithfulness of being and the stewardship of being a loving, caring mother who wanted to look after her young, her son's well-being, how, she was not to know that that would end up being the catalyst of a miracle of feeding over five thousand people and would be biblically recorded for all time. Mothers, don't underestimate the role God has given you, the gift of being exactly the right mother for your children and your household. And fathers, 
speaking to all the parents here. Keep sowing faithfully and consistently in season. And even when you feel it's out of season, and even when you are so over it, lead by example, parents. And to our young adults and our youth, what is it God is asking you to steward so well? Is it your sexual purity? Is it your integrity? What about your current vocation or your studies? Your relationships, your life decisions, your faith? Do you know that we are called to steward our salvation, church? Can I remind you that it says in Psalm 92.13 that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. That is a promise. We are called to be planted, to flourish. We need, our souls need connection with other believers. And you know, while no church is perfect, we don't claim to be perfect, that doesn't negate its significance. And furthermore, in Hebrews 10.25, it encourages us not to forsake meeting together. Can I ask you this question, everyone who's also watching online, what do you believe about that Scripture, church? Do you believe that Scripture? Be careful to continue and apply these scriptural instructions. There's a lot of people that believe that the scriptures like that one just for some reason don't apply to their lives or have any relevance. You know, beware of believing the lie that you are an exception at any time to any scripture. It can be likened to driving on the wrong side of the road or refusing to stop at a red light and, and thinking, it, oh, well, it doesn't apply to me. It's okay for me to do it. I, I believe that so many are looking for a loophole. And I know I'm speaking strongly, but I just feel so convicted by the Holy Spirit in my own life about it as well. You know, I'm going to sound like an old lady right now. You know, back in my day, you know. But um, it's funny because Sally, um, Sally, a friend of mine, she owns Self Pilates in Aubrey, and we were having this conversation just last week about basic service, you know, and etiquette. She's a business owner. And when we were in um, Atuka, I went to a few salons and I was, um, I never go to salons. And so it's a treat for me to get my hair washed and blow waved and whatever. So I went to a few salons. I was making inquiries about how much it would cost and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I went into this salon and I went in and I completely got ignored. Like I stood there for like, ages and they just all kept working away and I just I almost walked out I just thought like should I go should I stay and then anyway and then on the day when I went in the next day you know I got this you know I was really looking forward to someone washing my hair I'm a hairdresser right when I was doing my apprenticeship my boss made me just shampoo a hundred heads till I got it right and they gave me a grading system unlike your prayers and so it, it was really important you know you had to get that right that was a basic for the apprentice so I'm in there and I'm looking forward to it and it was the worst hair wash of my life like she missed bits of the back and it was really soft and anyway Sally and I were having this conversation about you know what is it these days with people you know you, don't, you go into a shop and you get ignored and blah 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 and you know we were having a laugh about it, how we sounded like two old ladies but you know honestly 
I find myself trying to, to convince and encourage believers. I'm talking about solid believers who know the truth. To make a commitment, you know, I'm saying, why don't you even think about just coming once a month to church or bring your family even twice a month? And I almost feel like I'm apologising when I'm ask, encouraging them to come to church. But I'm sorry, but, but back in my day, you went to church every Sunday. Actually, we used to go twice on a Sunday. Actually, Julie would remember this, and so would Kayla at Twin City. We would go to church, and we would break and have lunch together, and then we would keep going all day. We were in church all day. And the only time you didn't go to church was if you were sick, like vomiting sick, <laughs> like really bad, or on holidays. And I'm not saying, I'm having a joke with you. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, you can't have time off church. But seriously, what is wrong with that? What is wrong with wanting to be in church every Sunday? I wouldn't miss my gym workout. I wouldn't miss uh, going to work to my job. And let's get to some bottom line talk here. The reality is, even if you came in that door at 10am on the dot when we started and you ran out the door at 11.30 as soon as we finished, that's 1.5 hours in our whole week. It's not that long to give to God. You know, an, ap an episode of Married at First Sight or Survivor goes for over two and yet we can give our time to that. I, have, I hear so many people saying, oh, well, you know, ever since COVID, ever since COVID this or ever since COVID, okay, but should COVID change my commitment to God forever? We're not in lockdown anymore. You know, I know what COVID brought. It brought more than sickness. It brought complacency, church. It brought com complacency. And I know that coming to church isn't the whole part of our faith. Of course, we must develop our own faith at home, during the week, wherever we go, we should be living it out. But gee, it is a big part of it. Coming to church is a big part of it. Anyway, that's just food for thought. No judgment here. Seriously, I'm having fun with you, bringing some points. But I know what my commitment is. I know what God is calling me to steward. And that is what my commitment will be, whether I'm a pastor or not. In Matthew 25, 14, which Pastor Jason has already mentioned this morning, is the parable of the talents. I think this passage must be one of the most obvious examples of stewardship in the Bible. And we're going to read from verse 14. I'm just going to read verse 14 alone. And it says, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. See, God has entrusted to each of us our gifts and our talents, not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others. And then in verse 15, it says, To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. You know, sometimes we can feel like maybe God hasn't given us as much as someone else. But if you feel that way, I want to encourage you this morning, don't worry about it. Be faithful and be grateful for what has been entrusted to you. There is another scripture that says, to who, 
Him who is given much, much more is required. So be grateful for what He's entrusted to you. And if you want more, understand that if you're faithful with what you have, then you can prove you can handle more anyway. Think about David. David was out caring for the sheep long before he was king. He was faithful with a sling and a stone, using it to protect the sheep from the lion and the bear out in the middle of nowhere. Then he was ready later on to take Goliath. Remember, because he was faithful with a sling and a stone, it was his weapon of choice when he came up against Goliath because it was his gifting. It was what he was good at. Do you remember in that story how they tried to put the king's armour on him and a big sword and he couldn't do it, he took it off. And he went, it didn't work for him because it wasn't his gifting. And ultimately, David was ready later on to become king and care for God's people because he'd been faithful for looking after the sheep. He went from the sheep to the people, from, the, from looking after the sheep to being a king. We're going to read verse 16. So the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gave and gained five bags more. That word at once, I want to highlight. No procrastination in the kingdom of heaven. We must be diligent and and put at once to work the gifts that God has given us to do, the things that we're required to do in life in general. I'm going to read 17 and 18. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag, he went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. He hid his master's money. Let me ask you another question. Are you just digging a hole and hiding everything that God has given you? See, this servant didn't really know his master. He didn't know his master at all. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. If I could have the next screen, thank you. The servant that had the one talent, he didn't really know his master. He was actually operating out of fear. So the man who had received five bags, he bought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags, the man with two bags also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags. I've gained two more. His master said, well done. I'll put you in charge of more. We mustn't allow fear to stop us from sowing and living up to our full potential. The man with one talent did that. Can I ask you, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid to give in case you don't have enough for yourself? Are you afraid to step out and take a new opportunity because you're afraid to fail? I love what John Maxwell says. He says, fail forward. Anyone that hasn't failed or made a mistake hasn't really tried. Fail forward. Maybe you're afraid to get too close to people or build relationships because you've been so badly hurt by people. Maybe even the church, you feel hurt by the church. You know, God isn't a hard taskmaster. He understands your pain. He's loving and he wants you to grow and to be blessed in your life. And I know, I think that maybe some of us have put some talents and gifts in that hole in the ground thinking they aren't worth much. Maybe, just maybe this morning, God is asking you, 
Where have you put them? Are they in that hole? Maybe it's time for you to steward them again. There's a story, true story about Van Gogh, the Van Gogh, the painter. Do you know he considered he was considered a failure by himself and many others in his own lifetime? Before he was an artist, he was actually a preacher and a missionary in Belgium before dedicating his life to becoming an artist. He only ever sold one, Catherine, you'd be interested probably in this, he only ever sold one painting while he was alive. And in fact, a painting that he gave to his doctor was considered so worthless by his doctor, that doctor used it to mend his chicken coop with it. (laughs) But now, obviously, Van Gogh's paintings are considered priceless and they're in every major art gallery across the globe. Pretty amazing story about someone that didn't recognise the value of their talents while they were alive. He actually came to a very sad end in his life. But now it's been proven that those, that gift and that talent is actually priceless. It says in verse 21 that if we are faithful in stewarding, we will share in the joy, the peace and the blessing that God has for us. And remember in this story, the reward was the same. For the one that had the five and the one that had the ten, the reward was the same. God is just looking for a return. So the one talent servant was full of excuses and full of buts. I want to ask you, which but are you sitting on? You didn't realise you had two buts, did you? But you do. Are you the but God, I can't person? But God, why? But God, you don't know how hurt I feel. But God, you don't know how betrayed I've been. But God, you don't know how depressed I am. Even Moses said, but God, I can't even talk properly. Or are you the person who says, I know all these things are happening around me and to me, but God can. But God, He is with me. But God, He is always with me, working for my good. You see, we need to get off our negative, excuse-filled butts and sit on the but, the other but, the but God can. But God showed up again and again and again and He will continue to show up for me continually. My health may fail and my spirit might grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Romans 5, 8 says, But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Genesis 8, 1 says, But God remembered Noah. Oh, I got goosebumps when I read this scripture because I'm thinking of the floods. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals in the ark and He sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Church, I will ask you this one final time as I come to a close. What is God asking you to steward? Find out what it is. Get excited about it and move forward in faith, peace and blessing over your life. Amen. Amen. 
Oh, that was a great message, and uh, I really do feel that one of the things that God is asking us to steward is how we spend our time, uh, even on a Sunday, okay? And just being planted in the house of God uh, in season and out of season. Uh, we never see uh, a tree uprooting itself in the dead of winter or on a cold night. It stays planted, even though it loses all of its uh, leaves, if it is deciduous, is that the right term? Uh, it's still, huh? It sounds right in my head anyway. So they stay planted. And I just feel like someone here needs to, to hear, get planted again. Why? Because it's the word of God and it's what God says. You know, I think sometimes we think that we know better than God. And so we make decisions and choices outside of God's word. But God knows best. We are going to come to a close real soon. Uh, but I want to give someone the opportunity to respond to Jesus and really just renew uh, their faith in him. And, you know, again, I said this earlier, but Sundays are about doing all that we can to provide a space for you to be equipped, encouraged, and empowered to go and be the church in the community. What we're doing here today is God's will. It's, uh, it's God's will that we gather. Again, Hebrews says, do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves as is in the habit of some, but together even more so as you see the day of the Lord's return, so that you might encourage one another. Why should we encourage one another? Because there's a lot of discouragement out there. And uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse uh, 36, talking about his return, he said, but of that day, listen, of that day and hour, nobody knows. Not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. No one knows the day when Jesus is returning, but the stage is set and we're ready to go. In addition to this, not only do we not know the day when Jesus is returning, you don't know when you're going to return to the Lord. The scripture talks about how, you know, when the soul dies, it's appointed for man to die once and then face judgment. That blows the reincarnation theory out of the water. I don't know if you find that sobering. And it doesn't matter. You see, let me say this. Death is no respecter of age. Babies, sadly, go to the grave. Children, sadly. Teenagers those in their 20s, 30s, so on and so on. It's not just those in their 80s and 90s. It is no respecter of age. And for one moment, I want to talk about something respectfully. And uh, I'm not a massive cricket fan. Uh, maybe you are. Uh, but we know that in the last uh, 48 hours, two great cricket legends passed from this life and, uh, and have gone into the next. Rod Marsh was one of those, uh, the greatest wicketkeeper in Australian history, perhaps the world, died at the age of 74. Shane Warne tweeted the following. Let's just go to the screen. 
He tweeted the following, sad to hear the, the news that Rod Marsh has passed. He was a legend of our great game and an inspiration to so many young boys and girls. Rod cared deeply about cricket and gave so much, especially to Australia and England uh, players. Sending lots of love, sending lots and lots of love to Rod and the family. Rest in peace, mate. He sent that text message on March 4. 2022 at precisely 12.53 p.m., not realizing that within six hours, he too would pass from this life. He was not planning on leaving this earth. He was only 52, and it says that he died of a suspected heart attack. In actual fact, he was in Thailand to because uh, he had uh, checked into a health resort because he was about to go on a whole new uh, you know, journey with his health and, and a whole bunch of stuff like that to get back to a previous uh, weight that he was once upon a time. And so I would also ask you to pray for Shane Warne's uh, family, children, and all of those who have been affected by his passing. So why am I saying this? Why am I highlighting that tweet? Because no one knows the day or the hour when Jesus is coming back or when we're going to go back to him. And so should this not cause us to be awakened and to use our God-given time, talent and treasure because it's not forever. It's appointed for man to die once and then face judgment. Is this a sobering message? Yeah, it is. But it's a good message. Why is it a good message? Because it's full of opportunity and potential if we'll just get it right. And so let me invite you to stand today. If you just feel that you need to renew your faith in Christ and say sorry to Jesus, uh, then let me lead you in a prayer and then I'll pray for you and we'll close. Dear Father in heaven, I humble myself today. And I remember your sacrifice upon the cross. I ask you to forgive me for the times I've been resistant, disobedient to your word, and stubborn of heart. I pray that my heart would be soft again and that you would forgive me and cleanse me of all my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so, Father, I just pray for all of those who have prayed that prayer today. And that's for those who have prayed that prayer, I just want to congratulate you and say that that's wonderful. That's a really great thing. And so, Lord, I just pray now that those who have prayed that prayer, uh, it would be sealed uh, as with fire in the Holy Spirit. You would seal it as with fire in the Holy Ghost. And so, God, I just thank you now that every single person will walk out of here uh, feeling like they have renewed purpose and hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord just a hand of thanks. I want to thank you for coming today. It's good to see you. God bless you and uh, everyone else. Thanks for joining us online. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.